What's good, y'all? My name is Dylan Green, and this is Real Notes, a space dedicated to blurring the cultural and artistic lines between rap and film. I'm here to chop it up with everyone from rappers and producers to journalists and video directors about their relationship to movies and how, if at all, film inspires their craft. My guest this week is New Jersey rapper Rashid Chappelle. We spoke about everything, everywhere, all at once. It's a Wonderful Life, seeing Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back of his late father, how movies played both escapism and reality, New Jersey's place in hip-hop, the relationship between New Jersey and New York, his early career, why praise from your friends hits different, and the creative process behind his latest album, A Portrait Of, produced by Lil Thick. Come fuck with us. What's cracking, everybody? Welcome back to Real Notes. Uh, we're back. We're... Uh... I'm like, I'm like 80% used to interviewing people again. <laughs> like, you know, like being, be, be, being on a month long break could really, really, really just like, sometimes you just gotta get the, get the gears turning again. But you know, we here thriving, eating lunch, talking to good people, Dylan Green, Cinema Sci. I got a lot of names, do a lot of shit. Um, and I'm here with somebody else who's been moving and shaking for at least the last man, 12, 13 years, if not more um got a man this man's a rapper a businessman a courtside courtside basketball aficionado been going a little crazy lately this is true <laughs> you know? this is true fucking jersey's finest in the house we got rashid Chappelle here um today man thank you so much for being here man it's 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 a it's a real pleasure um a portrait of is out now produced entirely mm-hmm. by little vic and yeah mm-hmm. just thank you for being here man i appreciate you guys having me man it's a long time coming so yeah, yeah for here. real <laughs> yeah for real before we even get started i wanted to let you know um that the first time i heard you was on um apollo brown's grandeur on the still standing okay. joint and okay. and and that's uh like th- like i forget who else I-, I talked to somebody else recently who was on that album too but it's like really incredible how many people that album put me on to and then i found out you're from jersey and i was like oh you know like it's it's it it, 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 it only makes sense mm-hmm. why i gravitated to you so much so yeah, just appreciate you know. that. Yeah, yeah no. it's it's funny. A lot of people um got hip to me uh because of the Apollo Brown album. So shout out to A B uh for the look. Um he and I were actually supposed to do an album together. That's mm. how it actually came. That's how that came to fruition. But I was working with another producer at the time who kind of wanted to keep everything in house, and that's the only reason why that that project uh never happened. So Shout out to Apollo Brown. Um, shout out to that particular song. That was a pretty good song. I still um, go back and listen to that from time to time. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Um, I hope it happens at some point. I had I had Apollo on uh, maybe at the end of last year when he put out his uh, he put out his last instrumental joint, and um, we talked about grandeur a bit. And I think I might have mentioned your song, but either way, like it's it's just uh, like I hope that happens because y'all have great chemistry, and thank you know, you, like Apollo. Apollo Apollo collabs always go always go yeah. crazy like always yeah I think we would do something special I think it would be good so yeah you know let's see what's in the air you never know you never know yeah man you never know true always um but yeah no nah, before we get back into the music for real we're here to talk about movies first and foremost so okay. I'm gonna ask you the first question I ask everybody who comes on here what was the uh the last movie or tv show you watched that you had a strong opinion about uh, the last movie was Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Oh, man. Tell me how you felt about it. <laughs> um, 
it, it made its way into like my top five movies of all time. Like, oh, I, wow. I think it's a, yeah, I think it's a remarkable um, movie as a parent um, and as a child, you know, because we're all children of someone. So mm -hmm. just to see um, all the different uh, aspects of, of life and of parenthood and of being a child and of one's own expectations and living up to the expectations of someone else that was captured in that movie. I think was phenomenal. And it, it may have hit me a little bit differently because I just recently lost my dad. So just seeing the journey that he and I went through, uh, you know, that father-son struggle that that a lot of people go through and seeing how the mom was trying to live up to the expectations of uh, her dad and never quite feeling worthy enough and the daughter in turn not feeling worthy enough for her mom and the mom trying to do everything, trying to show her daughter like anything and everything. I, it was just, it was just, uh, it was a remarkable, it was a remarkable film. Like I recommend this. It's in my top, might, it might be in my top three movies of all time. Man, man. But, 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 but before we get to your top three, yeah, like I saw it, I saw it for the first time when it first started making the rounds around maybe like a little under a year ago. And it's been so long since I've been to a movie and like I left the theater and just like walked around for 20 minutes and just like thought about like, it's been so long since I've seen something that like made me be like, that's why I love movies. You know, like, yeah. it, it's just like, yeah. like it, it, it's, it, it's just like the, not even just the art of it, but like, it's just like everything. It's like real artful. It's super entertaining. It's funny. It's sad. It's like, it's every. I'm I'm not gonna make the dumb joke the, the the dumb joke, but like yeah, it's 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 a lot. And uh, I saw um I took my homie to see it, and then I watched half of it with my dad. Um, and he fell asleep through some of it, but that's he, he he's 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 older. He he falls asleep through everything. <laughs> but um, you know, like you know, like as as someone's child, because I'm not a parent, but like as as someone who you know like we all have complicated relationships with our parents yeah so it's really easy to kind of imprint yourself on everything that they were going through and just like the you know like that like that's the only movie i could think of where you've got like parental drama that's played out between two people and then those same two people as rocks like on a on a on a cliff like yes <laughs> yes, yes. Like, yes 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 yeah, yeah it's crazy just, it's crazy yeah, it, it it was like like it took itself seriously, but not very seriously. And I I love I love stuff like I was able to maintain that balance because like that's what life is, you know. Like life is funny yeah. and life is sad sometimes yeah. all at once. Yeah, absolutely. At the same time, sometimes you know what I mean. Yeah, so, yeah. crazy, crazy. So Great so movie. now I gotta yeah for, yeah for real. So now I gotta ask, what's a if if you had to pick your other top two, what would what what, what would those be? Um, there's a movie that came out in, uh, I think, 1948, if I'm not mistaken, called It's a Wonderful Life, starring mm -hmm. uh, Jimmy Stewart and Donna Reed. Um, my father, yeah, put me onto that movie many years ago. And, um, you know, that, that particular movie where you don't know the impact that you have on people's lives, right? And you think that what you're going through is something that is that you can't overcome. And, you know, sometimes we have to put our dreams aside. Uh, for other people sometimes. And that was the, the the basis of the story. But he didn't realize until, you know, he saw what other people's lives would have been if he wasn't here. 
um, how right. much he affected so many different people. So that movie was absolutely, you know, I watch it every now and then uh, just to kind of reset and refocus. It's an absolutely great movie. Uh, Godfather one and two, like I can't watch mm-hmm. without one without the other. So if I'm watching the first <laughs> part, I got to watch the second part. Um, that's up there. Um, a recent movie that's made it into uh, alongside um, alongside uh, everything, everywhere, all at once is a movie called Harder They Fall, um, a Netflix original. Uh, the, the, the Western one, right? Yeah, with John May, Jonathan Majors and Idris Elba. Yeah. Um, great movie. A phenomenal movie. Uh, what a, uh, Boys in the Hood was another movie that kind of really gave because you know we didn't know what was going on in California you know we only kind of heard you know bits and pieces through music but we didn't know what life was like out there so growing up in the projects we thought that our projects was the craziest thing in the world you know um but seeing what life was like in South Central LA was definitely eye-opening um trying to think I mean there's a lot of good movies uh inception is another great movie um been meaning to rewatch that it's been like 10 years since i've seen it yeah so you know what i'm saying so these are movies that have stood the test of time um for me um but those would probably be about the the tops right now that i could like really think of off the top of my head but definitely um definitely uh it's a wonderful life uh godfather one and two um, and, I, and I think uh, everything, everywhere at once might be number three. I think it might be the third best movie I ever saw in my life. Man, that that's 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 valid. And like, it's so crazy to hear you say that you got to watch Godfather one and two back to back because that's basically like five six hours of watching right there. Like, do you got to like set out like an entire afternoon or evening to do that? Whenever how how often do you do that? Because that's like a that's a commitment. So check this. So, so, you know, I'm a night owl. So what will happen mm-hmm. is sometimes I'll be, I'll be home and it'd be like one o'clock in the morning or two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, you know what? Let me watch this shit. You know what I mean? Like, it, and it's just like, you know, like, and it, it happens just like that. It really just happens like that. Let me, let me watch this. Or I'll, I'll turn on the TV and it'll be on already. And I'm like, okay, well now I got to go back to the beginning and uh, just, just mm-hmm. watch the whole shit. So that's, that's how that works. <laughs> When was the last time you did that? How long has it been? Uh, probably about a month ago, because Godfather Three was on. So I was like, I can't watch Godfather Three. I got to go back and watch. I got to go back and watch one and two. So probably about a, about a month, month and a half ago. What are we? We're in January now, so uh, February actually. No, February. So so maybe two months ago. So maybe like uh, November. Yeah, that's like a. Um, the Godfather movies are very much like those are like Thanksgiving movies to me. Like in the sense of like you watch it with like 20 people and everyone's like, oh, like, I don't know what to watch this year. How about we just throw on The Godfather or something like that? Or like everybody says, like, yes, yeah, so good fellas, right? Mm hmm. Or like Elf. <laughs> yeah, definitely Elf. Definitely Elf. Great, great, great Christmas movie. Yeah, for real. I watched it for the first time in like seven, eight years over Thanksgiving this year. And I was like, OK. I, 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 didn't, I didn't like it as a kid for whatever reason, but like it, it just clicked in me now and I like it. But um, smiling is my favorite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> make make work Will your Ferrell. favorite. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Will Ferrell crazy. Yeah, Face on loves crazy too. Like <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That was a good movie. That was a really yeah, good movie. Truly. Um. So for you, let's run it all the way back. What's the first okay. movie experience you can remember having? 
It could be at the theater. It could be at your cousin house, wherever. Like the first thing that comes to your mind. Um, you know, I, I'm asked often about music, and uh, I credit a lot of the music to my mom. Right, she had a, a huge uh, record collection, but I have to say that the movie going experience is a hundred percent my dad. Right, so he would take us to every big release um, that came out. Right. I mean, everything I'm talking Star Wars, I'm talking uh, Indiana Jones, I'm talking like everything back to the future, everything. And I think the first like real movie experience for me would have been uh, Return of the Jedi. And I remember the lines being super long. And um, I remember my dad cutting the line. I mean, the block, I mean, wrapped around a corner, like wrapped, wrapped around a movie. I mean, it was just, the line was, you know, and I'm this little kid and he's holding my hand. And um, I remember cutting the line and we were like some of the, we, me, my mom, my dad, I don't know if my cousin Latif was with us, but I, I think it was just us three. And uh, just coming home, just so excited that I saw Return of the Jedi, like the day that it came out, you know? So um, that's probably my first movie experience, but there's a ton of them. Uh, going to see so many movies, uh, Goonies, um, Back to the Future, Teen Wolf, you know, um, you know, so like, as, as I'm, even as I'm telling you this now, my dad was a young man, right? He was 22 when he had me. So I'm saying mm -hmm. he must have been still young, you know, and yeah, he was still young. And so these movies were like, new experiences for him also, you know what I mean? Like the special effects, all I still knew for him. So taking his little son with him to go see these movies, like as I literally I'm working through that right now, as because I never thought about it that way before. Like all this new wow. technology was new to him as well. Um, and so yeah, that would be the first one. Return on the Jedi. That's, that's wild. Two things. A, I noticed the same thing with my father. He's 77. He's about to be 78 actually in April, and like, and like to him you know, like I'll notice him watching stuff and just like experiencing things. And he's like a big tech head. Like he like, he like messes around with like, with like, with like producing pr software on his computer. Like he like, he like needs to have, he, he needs to be like ahead of the curve on everything. But like, you know, like, I feel like once again, I'm not a father, but, ha but like kind of watching him see the world and kind of like experience stuff. Cause like he was born in 45. So like wow. everything's kind of like, he watched, technology advance from the tv to now you know so mm -hmm. like he's just so like enraptured by all that stuff and i can only imagine that you know like your father taking you to see return of the jedi he like i mean like he was 22 or like at least in his like mid to late 20s when that happened so like maybe maybe it's a little different than being a 77 year old but like <laughs> you know just kind of but just like have it having that experience of just like being the being that young and experiencing that for the first time sounds really really special um i can only imagine and i was just curious did he tell you did he did he a did he see um empire strikes back in theaters and b did he tell you any stories about people spoiling the movie because i because Actually, i've heard stories <laughs> i i you know i it's funny I, i've never you know i can't ask him now but i never asked him that i don't know if he saw empire strikes back in the movies um uh, I, I I would say yes, he did, but I don't think there was any spoilers. I don't think there was any spoilers. Yeah, there were no spoilers. 
I don't think so. He, I'm sure he would have told me. But yeah, I, I've seen many people, I, and it's so funny that you know you couldn't. There's no way you could do it in today's day and age. That yeah. when the, the press went to see the movie, that they actually didn't tell the ending. You know, like I've seen documentaries about um, the whole Star Wars saga, and it was like uh, when that movie came out, the fact that uh, you know the writers who got an early look at the movie didn't tell anybody that you know. Darth Vader was Luke's father or that Han Solo got frozen in a carbonite like for them to keep that and people going to see it and, and experience it for the first time there's no way in the world that would happen today there's no Man. way there would be video footage there, like there's, there's just no way there's no way yeah no nah, people on Twitter love to spoil shit early now I respect the integrity honestly I didn't because like I've never I've never read the older reviews I've just heard stories of people like there'd be somebody online at the movie and then somebody else would come out and be like oh I can't believe that I can't believe Darth Vader is Luke's father and it's like ah like they're yeah, about yeah, to yeah. go walk in like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. that shit is rough but um I respect the integrity honestly like that's like Every, everyone's so ready to talk about every little bit and piece, which, you know, like is, is, is only natural. Like people are excited and they want to talk about it, but like that one's so like monumental and it's kind of like the spoiler of like every movie ever, you know, like that's yeah. the one that everyone knows. It's like that and like Batman's parents dying. Like those are the two that everyone knows, you know, like there, there was a, the crying game was one also. Uh, mm. where I remember being little and hearing people talking about the ending of that because I guess the uh, the woman was a man. I, I, I never saw the movie, but there was like a love interest that was in the movie and I guess the guy was in love and then at the end you find out that she's actually a man. Uh, excuse me. Um, Usual Suspects was another one. Right. With yeah, Kaiser yeah. Sosa walked straight at the end. So, um, yeah, but nothing like nothing like Empire Strikes Back. Right. Like yeah. <laughs> um, and like as you get older and you start experiencing more stuff, um, and like was there ever a period of time, or or not even was there a period of time? What was the first time you saw a movie that kind of stopped you in your tracks and really like impacted you as something more than just like a piece of entertainment? Like not even in like an artful sense, but just something that like really connected with you emotionally or something that was like, oh, like this is a movie. And not just like a, a thing that like I go to to have fun or or whatever, just like something that really impacted you. Um, I think very early on, like just the, the movie experience itself, because it just gave me the opportunity to, to dream, you know. And so there's a lot of people where I'm from that, you know, are still there. You know, they haven't had the opportunities. They haven't gone to places. They haven't done the things that they're probably potentially able to because they never had a dream. They never saw it somewhere else. And so, you know, going to the movies, you know, and even coming from, you know, my upbringing, right? So both of my parents uh, were addicted to crack cocaine. And, you know, my dad still found a way or it was still in his DNA to take me to see movies. So whatever I saw at home, I still had the ability to, to dream, right? I saw something different. Right. I saw something different from what my circumstances and surroundings were. So that gave me the idea that, yo, I could be great. Right. I can't be fucking Scott Howard. I can't turn into a team wolf and play basketball, but maybe right. I can go achieve greatness. Right. I'm never going to meet a fucking uh, a, a Doc Brown and, and, and go back to the future. But maybe I could, you know, achieve something like a Marty McFly. 
or I'm not going to go into space, but maybe I could uh, train and, 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 and focus and become something of a Jedi and whatever it is that I want to do. Right. So all mm-hmm. these things were, all these things were um, instrumental and in just allowing me to think that there's something outside of where I grew up. There's more than just this, right? Or, you know, maybe I could be a goonie and go on a search and find something, right? But the search is really the search within, right? To find that thing inside of you, yeah. right? So it's, it's, it's always been something that, that fascinated me, right? Just, just, just like, wow, you know, like this is, this is amazing, you know? Um, and then uh, movies like The Godfather and, you know, about family and what it, like, what are we really doing it for? Right. If it's a, if it's not about family, what are we doing it for? Right. And then you look at um, what's a wonderful life, the people you touch. Right. The people that you actually touch and the people that you impact and you never know. And so all those movies from the very first experience of watching cartoons. Right. You know, fucking yeah, Transformers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like so just all of it was was what made me say, yo, I can I can achieve. I can be great like it's in me. And then, you know, having the ability to go out and do it. So, yeah, movies have always, from the first one I saw, to answer your question, from the first movie I saw, impacted me in a way like, okay, this is more than just like an hour and a half of going someplace else. Like, this is something. Wow. That's that's such a dope answer. <laughs> Excuse <laughs> me. I don't, even, I don't even have like a, I, yeah, you know, I don't even I didn't have even like rehearse a, that one. I didn't even hey, rehearse man. it. That, that was a freestyle. <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, Cause yeah, you know, like that's always, because like we always talk about like movies is escapism and you know, like they are that, you know, like it's entertainment at the end of the day, but like, you know, it's so important to never forget that like, you know, this is the stuff that people dream about and you know, like art, art imitates life and life imitates art in ways that, uh, you know, like regardless of whether it's movies or music or literature or video games, any of that stuff, you know, like we're all um, like all of that stuff is like reflective of our experience as humans. And it can like we don't always think about it that way, but I sometimes you it, have, you know, yeah. part of me, not to, not to interrupt you, but I, I uh-huh. think about it like kind of like in the reverse, though. Right. I, I don't think it's really escapism. I think it's like um, I don't I don't know what the antithesis of that or, you know, the, the, the photo negative of escapism would be realism, I guess, because when you watch these mo- when I watch these movies, it, it makes me think about myself in those situations. Right. It doesn't it doesn't it, you know, it, it makes me how would I respond, respond, react, like how, like, so it, it always makes me internalize what it is that I'm seeing. You know, I don't, I don't ever look at it kind of like as just uh, an out of, like an, an out of me experience, but something like that's actually inside of me. And, and, and that's how I've always kind of like digested uh, movies, music, uh, art, you know, um, just, I've always seen it that way. Like, how would I be in that situation? Even something like, sports you know like you know like the 42 to you know boxing is my favorite just to be in there with a guy who's not yielding like what what are you going to do you know so it's just it you know how would you respond to that Rashid and um it's right. yeah I've always looked at I've always looked at it that way like you know when, when I close my eyes and I watch the movie like you know like uh how would I move you know and it, because they talk about us black folks like uh 
talking during a movie, right? Don't don't do that. Run. Don't go in there because we're yeah. in it. <laughs> we're in it. Right. See, no, I'm happy. I'm happy you took it there because that's like, you know, like like I find myself doing that more as I get older. It depends on like where I'm at watching a movie, of course. And like but um, I'm happy. I'm happy you made that. I'm happy you made that uh, distinction because like because because like for me personally, I'm also living everything I'm watching and it's like an active experience where you're like where, where 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 it's either like you feel like you're in it or you're just like so tapped in that it's just like oh man like I'm just like like you're just invested in it you know and that's like that's so special and it's not something that like like I, like you know like I got that from the first movies I used to watch as a kid too one of my first one of my earliest experiences was with the Lion King and 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 um and, and my dad and, and my father always tells me the story about how like I was four years old and as soon as the movie started, I got up out of my chair and we just like and like I was like poking my head over the chair in front of me. And I was like that the whole time, just watching the movie, you know, and like so like that was I always whenever I watch anything, I'm pretty much just that four year old kid like watching anything, you know, and it's really you know, like losing that is something that's scary to me. And it's something that just makes experiencing anything that much more fun. You know, like I'm, I, uh, I appreciate like you being able to kind of see or not, not even so much see myself, but just like actively participate in stuff like that. Cause not everybody I mean, can, you know, I mean, like, not, and, and not to like, you know, go off this direction, but um, <laughs> you're right. Like, like that, that's where, that's where the beauty of life is, not losing that. So not not losing that four-year-old kid, not lo- not still getting um, excited and, and anticipating and and um, joyous when those moments occur, you know, and remembering, um, you know that you, you, that that it that it is a beautiful experience, you know what I mean, and so you know, there's so much wonder in the world, man. And sometimes we get so jaded. And then in those moments, like it comes back to us, right? For that hour and a half, that hour 45, that two hours, whatever the length of the movie is, you're just so alive in ways that, you know, the the other parts of your world may not allow you to be. And that's the beauty of movies, right? That's the beauty of, Mm -hmm. you know, so when you hear the person saying, oh, I don't know why people get dressed up to go to Comic-Con, or I don't know why people, because you you lost it. Yeah. You lost it. <laughs> you lost it, right? Yeah. Because, because, because when you were a kid, you would put a towel around your neck to watch a Superman movie because uh-huh. you were in it. Don't ever lose it. And, and that's it. Never. Man, I want to go back to Comic-Con. It's been like three, four years. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to dress up too. It's been a while you know, since I've done it. But. I actually was on a panel. I spoke at Comic Con uh, this past year in New York. Oh wow! What on? Well, what for? Um, it was about the correlation between uh, hip hop and comics, and how the parallels between the two worlds. And I got to sit on a, an amazing panel uh, with some great folks. Um, and it was, you know, it was my first time going to Comic Con, and, and going as a panelist was like you know, mind, mind blowing. Man, I can only imagine like, what was it? it was, so, you know, it sorry, what? 
it was fire. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> it was fire. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, what was so, so like that being your first Comic Con experience? Like, what was it? What was it like being there? Who did you sit on the panel with? Like, what did you see? Like, what was what was your favorite part of being at Comic Con? Because that's like such a, it's such an experience, bro. Like, um, uh, it was it was hosted. Um, I forget the doctor's name. I'm looking. I, I see her face right now. She's a she's a PhD. Um, but, uh, there was a very famous, uh, graffiti artist and one was there, um, the former editor of, uh, the source in Excel, um, his last name is Miles. I forget his name. Uh, he was there. There was another mm-hmm. rapper, Amira was there. Um, it was, it was, it was just to see how many people, you know, from all walks of life are tapped into the same thing that I'm tapped into, right? Because, you know, I, I'm, I'm hip hop, right? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a rapper, I'm an artist, you know? So right. I came in, I wasn't dressed as a, you know, as a character, but, you know, I'm walking in, I got my Jordans on, I'm, I'm chilling and, and you know, right. see people, you know, dressed as uh, Harry Potter and seeing people dressed as stormtroopers and seeing people dressed as, um spider-man like you know marvel dc like it was just crazy to be in in that environment and then when it came time for the panel to see how many people you know the intersection of all those people that tapped into hip-hop yeah you know so so we think that you know hip-hop is a monolith as far as what the audience looks like you know um especially specifically my my brand of hip-hop but you'd be surprised how far it spreads into other you know to other genres of entertainment as well so that was a very, very dope experience. That's so tight. Yeah, and you're right. Like it's it's a it can be it it can be beautiful and very scary to see how big rap's audience has become, especially over the course of the last like 20 years. You know, like mm-hmm. I um um I sat um I, I've never sat on a panel at Comic Con before, but I've been to but but like but like I've been to several. I've been in the audience, and you know, like I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of like rap panels over there. Um, I actually learned about uh. Um, this really, really early rap comic called Rap and Max Robot from I think maybe the seventies or the eighties. I forget. Um, like it, it's 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 really cool. Like super super like foundational like like five pillars type shit. <laughs> like, but okay. it's it's a it's 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 like cool to see that stuff. And you know, like rap and comics have always been so intertwined from the very very beginning of this whole yeah. shit you know like going back to like going back to like run dmc and them like that's like it's it, yeah. it's it, it's it's like almost as hip-hop as anything else you know yeah <laughs> so I mean, like, where a lot of the early rappers you know they got their alter egos and their names like you know what i mean like exactly. so so it's always been you know and again when we talked earlier about the escapism no they didn't escape into comics they saw themselves in the comic books and that's why they took on the names of Grandmaster Kaz and I'm going to be Grandmaster Flash and I'm going to be, you know, like I'm going to be these guys, you know, Kumo D. I'm going to take on an alter ego where I wear shades and I'm not, you know, and it's just like, it's always been that. It's always seeing yourself and those guys really took it. And, and you know, as I'm, I'm in my home right now and I'm, I'm looking at this, um, this box set of um, 45s from the movie Wild Style. And I'm just looking at mm-hmm. the cover art of this, right? And and that's a comic book cover, right? Why wouldn't yeah. that, you know, just the art, the vibrancy of it, like it's all, it's all intertwined. Right. Yeah, it's all intertwined. And um to and to run back over to the music side of it, um, 
A, you mentioned you grew up in Passaic. B, you mentioned that your mother was a big part of your music, um, your music journey. So like, so, 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 so like when did, uh, not even when did music first come into your life, but like, when did, when did you first start? When did it become like an active thing where you're like, oh, it's music, you know, like this is, this is dope. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, <laughs> I, I have no answer for that. Like, I, I can't, I can't imagine a time in my life where music wasn't um, the dominant source of entertainment. I, I, I just, or, 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 or the most, um, present influence like I can't there, there's no time um you know I've told this like I'm talking young I'm talking three four years old and I could you know um just feel the temperature in a room based upon what music was playing I know if my parents right. parents were partying you know um because of what songs were playing I knew if they had had a fight by what songs was playing I knew if they were about to <laughs> fuck by what by like I could I could just tell I I just I just I just knew you know the mood of the room I knew if my cousins from Philly was here by the, the music that was playing and then going to the projects you know to see my other cousins down there it was a different type of music a different type of vibe uh-huh. you know so 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 it was just That's you know music is all yeah absolutely so music always um it's always been there, you know, it's all, it was always the thing. And I remember, um, you know, my dad used to hustle back in the day and his connect lived in Brooklyn. And I remember going with him and um, just hearing the difference of the sound when we got to New York, right? Cause they, you know, I mean, we're, we're, I, I grew up, you know, 13 minutes away from Midtown Manhattan. But when you get into Brooklyn and you get into the outer boroughs, like it, they, they were creating their own. It wasn't what was on the radio. So I'm, I'm right. going into neighborhoods hearing their shit. You know what I mean? It, it, was, it was just so ill. And then my, my cousin Yvette, um, she dated this dude, Dave, from New York. And he would come over and he would be playing shit. It was just, it, it was just everywhere. And then my next door neighbor, um, you know, uh, he was in and out of jail. Right. My one of my best friends growing up, his uncle was in and out of jail. So he was bringing new shit that, you know, like the kid Capri uh, cassette, you know, when they were one hundred (laughs) dollars, you know, like he riding around in his Volvo blasting that shit. You know, it was just yeah, like it it was everywhere. You know, then my mom's music and then, you know, my dad listened to his jazz and and his shit. It was everywhere. Like it was it was everywhere. It it was everywhere. That's that's gorgeous. And like, I feel like I don't I don't want to say that's unique to Jersey, but like I feel like because we have that can because we're so close to we're so close to Manhattan and we're so close to like New York City and all the boroughs, because like I also have family out in Brooklyn and Queens. So I would also spend a lot of time shuffling between Jersey and and into the city to see my family. And I had not the exact same experience, but like a very, very similar one. Like I know I know I know exactly what you're talking about when you say it. And, you know, like, you know, like Jersey and New York are so like, like we exchange so much, like people don't want to talk about it so much, but like we exchange so much. And I feel like, uh, I feel like that particular relationship is super unique, like between New Jersey and New York, like more than a lot of other places. Yeah. And especially here in Northern Jersey, because you got to imagine, so I'm, I'm 13 minutes away from Midtown. 
right? Yeah. So you get to Midtown, you want to go to Harlem, you, you get in the Harlem influence. You want to you want to go down the FDR, you're in Battery Park. So that's a different experience. You want to, you know, the Lower East Side, like we're right here. And then there's parts of New Jersey, like a Bayonne, New Jersey, which is yeah. six minutes from Staten Island. Right, exactly. Like, so you're, you're, you're literally six minutes from Staten Island. And it's like, you know, Staten Island is right next to Brooklyn. So it was like you you get I mean excuse, yeah you know so you're getting all of these influences right you know um, it, it's it's just crazy you know it it, it is something that you know I I I didn't I'm I'm humbled and blessed that I got a chance to experience it the way that I did when I did and um, yeah it is a very unique relationship I'm not sure if it exists anywhere else. Uh, just because of proximity, I, I, I'm not sure if, you know, people from Nevada feel the same way about L.A., you right. know, but, you know, like, yeah. I, but it is it is just this corridor of exchange uh, between the music and influences and styles and lifestyles and trends. And it's just it, it's very dope. It's very dope. Right. And, you know, like and, and, and then, you know, just like considering all the talent we got in Jersey, you know, like I can't like I feel like I've been mentioning this a lot lately, but like people still don't know that just Blazers from Patterson, you know, like yeah. born and raised in Patterson. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, I mean, like Naughty by Nature is from Jersey. Redman's from Jersey, you know, like and like and, and you know, like SZA, SZA is from SZA's Jersey. from Maplewood. She's from Maplewood, yeah. bro. Like, <laughs> you know, and like. And, and then, you know, on top of that, you have um, you have, uh, you know, like Jersey Club is starting to really come back into prominence, at least on like a national scale. Now, like clubs always been big where we're from, but like it's mm-hmm. more people are recognizing it now. And just like, you know, just like see, seeing those styles mix with uh, everything going on in New York. Like, you know, like I love um, Batman Real, who's um, a young kid from Newark. And like his his music is a mix of like club and drill. And, okay. you know, like, that's just like a really nice modern example of seeing how New York and New Jersey are just like feeding into each other and like creating something so unique and interesting and new and fresh. And I mean, it's always been that way, you know, like, yeah, it's you're, always you're right. been that way. you know, from from. Yeah, it, it just is what it is. You know, there's no, it's it's a history that's tied together from Grandmaster Cast to Sugar Hill Gang. You know, so there's there's no way around it. Like the story can't be told about hip hop in this area uh, or a lot of music in general in this area without introducing New Jersey into it. You know, Um, I I know early on in my career, people would ask me, was there ever, you know, there's some bias about being a Jersey artist. And I can honestly say I never felt it. I never had any experiences where I wasn't embraced by New York artists being from Jersey. A lot of people literally today prior to to getting on a, a call with you um someone was like oh where are you from the bronx and i'm like i've been accused of being from many places in new york never the bronx <laughs> but they, they they assume that i'm from uh queens or harlem or somewhere like that and i'm like nah like i'm born and raised in new jersey you know <laughs> so um yeah you know we the shit over here right man people and yeah like like before we move on like people just like people i feel like people don't understand like what like what happens in jersey and like everybody thinks of jersey as like the place where like the big rappers move to once they get all the bread you know like they like go and move to like the nice 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 areas of montclair and like everywhere around there but like people but so, so like people 
either know about Montclair or Newark. That's it. That's all anybody knows about Jersey. <laughs> like everybody I talk to is like people are like, oh, like you live you live 20 minutes from Newark. I'm like, yeah, like I've I've I've, I've lived right next to Newark my whole life. You know, it's 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 not something yeah. I really think about. And it's just like because like people. You know, like people don't think about the fact that like certain parts of Jersey, like not everything is like all nice and frilly in suburbs. Like there's plenty of those, but like it's man, it's it's everything me. over here, man. It's it's just it's 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 just funny to see how people don't get it. And <laughs> there, there's, <laughs> anyway. part, there's parts of Patterson, bro. There's parts of Patterson. There's parts of uh, Camden, uh, Trenton, uh, Rawway. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's parts of, of, of Jersey that are wild, you know, like, like really, really wild. Um, and there's, like you said, there's some beautiful parts, you know, um, you know, Jersey, I, it is, it is, it, whatever you want is here. You want farmland. We got that. You want inner city. We got that. Yeah. Um, you know, you want a mix, you know, you want a town, you want something that's uh picturesque. We got that. We got everything. You know, we got shore. We got we got everything here. You right, know? man. We got, um, we got everything. We got mountains. You know, so yep. it, it, you know, you go skiing if you want to, right up in Vernon. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, uh, yeah. it's it's a good place. It's a, it's a very good place. I, I like it. Right. Yeah, me too. We got diners and malls too. They got oh, that right about diners. us. We we got we diners and malls everywhere. <laughs> yeah, like absolutely. Yeah, I always I always joke about the fact that Jersey might as well be the diner state, not the garden state. Like there's diners Facts. everywhere, especially Facts. in northern Jersey. Like, Facts. <laughs> Facts. Uh-huh. That's a fact. That's a fact. That shit is so funny. Um, but for but but um, you know, for you, since this is about, you know, like the intersection of rap and film, uh, as you got older and started to experience more, you know, just like media and having more experiences. Um, was there ever a period of time where you consciously noticed that rap and film are two th- or, or, or music and film more broadly, if you want, like were two things that kind of complement each other, like even in the sense of something like a like, like just as an example, like the way like a song can amplify a scene in a movie or the way like a music video can amplify a song. It doesn't have to be that specifically, but like, was there ever a time when that happened for you? I mean, I, I music and film are forever linked, right? The moment that silent films went out the window and, um, you know, well, even in silent film, there was just no words, but there was music, right? So, you know, the words would pop up on the screen. So there's no way to remove the two from each other. And, you know, it would definitely be someone like a Michael Jackson who was making movies with his music videos. Mm-hmm. Right. So that that would be the experience that was like, holy shit, like, what is this? Like, you know, like this is like, I know what a music video is, but this is a movie. This is something else. Like thriller right. was something else, you know. So, um, yeah, it's always been that way um, for me. Um, you know, there's a, there's a, a scene in and um, and uh, Boys in the Hood where after Ricky was shot and killed, they were driving to go find the people. And then there's a piece of music by Stanley Clark that's playing. Um, and it's like, I remember. that's that scene without that music is not as powerful. You know, um, the amp, the, the opening theme to star Wars, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. composed by John Williams, you know, the it's girl. not the same. Yeah. 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 You feel me? Like, you know, so 
these are things that like I like I'm I'm aware and and I think if if there's anybody who who listens to my music um they can definitely see where I pay attention to those type of things and how important um uh, uh sounds are to emotion and and vice versa you know so um yeah, it it was the it was the making of movies, uh, music videos that were movies like the Michael Jacksons, the Madonnas, that really brought it together on the music side. Because because it, it, it was always there for the music on the movie side, right? So you go to the movie theater, you know, uh, I I can't think of his name right now. Um, can't think of his name right now, but he he made a, a not John Hughes. Uh, but he made a ton of movies like in the eighties, boys um uh Breakfast Club, uh Sweet Six, oh, uh, Sixteen um, Candy. I think it's John Hughes. I'm pretty sure that's John it, Hughes. It was, yeah, my, okay, so John Hughes. So he knew the importance of soundtracks and he knew the importance of you know the the the, the movie and, and how you tie in the right sounds, it could, you know, give the movie bigger life because people had just tapped into the music of it. But once right. we got it on the music side and started saying, okay, these visuals are as important as the song, that was the eye opening part for me. Like, oh shit, like this this is this is this could be, you know, something huge. What was there what if you had to pick one, what would you say your favorite music video ever is? Would it be thriller or would it be something else? Favorite music video. Could be remember the time. You know, um, another classic. <laughs> you know, just seeing us as black folks in those roles, and um, you know, for whatever was said about Michael Jackson, um, you know, because there's a whole um, you can write books and essays on Michael, just you know how his appearance changed and what you think he thought of himself uh, right. for the lighter skin pigment. He yeah. knew that if I'm going to do something in Egypt, I need black folks. Absolutely. Right. He could like he, yeah. like he's Michael Jackson. He could have done. He could have had anybody. He was friends with Elizabeth Taylor, who played Cleopatra. I believe she was still alive at the time. He could have had her uh, sitting up there, but he had Iman, and he had um, and he had uh, Eddie Murphy, and he Eddie had Murphy. Magic Johnson. And Magic Johnson. Yep. And <laughs> I know had, the video is uh, so good. You know, Tiny Lister, right? You know, and 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 um, he had it uh, choreographed by Fatima, right? You know what I mean? So it was. Um, it, that was that was as a child, as a kid watching that. That was like holy shit! Like this is big, Michael. And and it debuted on regular television mm-hmm. on a Sunday. You know, to have Michael Jackson say, "Okay, I'm going to do this," and, and and it's remember the time, and it's all black people in regal roles. That was fire. Gorgeous, yeah. I think I think I might have seen the video for the first time like a decade after it came out because they put the they had like a compilation DVD that had like a bunch of his big videos like Black and uh, Black or White and of course Thriller, um, uh, the way you make me feel. Bad. I could list, uh-huh. I, I could yeah, Bad of course, like all all yeah, yeah like with Wesley Snipes in the video. Martin Scorsese yeah. directed that video. Fun fact. Um, uh, yeah, John Singleton and, um, directed. Uh, Do you remember the time? Right. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's just like, th- you, you know, like those videos are really important to me, just like because like. My sister and I would like do the choreography like in the in the living. It, it was it was it was that type of shit, you know, <laughs> and um, yeah. And before before we move on to your music career proper, um, you, you, um, you had mentioned uh, 
um, that bit in Boys in the Hood um, right after Ricky gets shot. And you made me remember, um, I just saw Cooley High for the first time, maybe about three, maybe about a month ago. And um, I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it, but go see it. Yeah. It's incredible. If they haven't it's, seen it, it's too late. Tell yeah, it's cool. Ahead, say it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, you know, like, so, so, so like, at the, so like at the very end when Preach is standing over Cochise's grave and he reads the poem and then um, uh, it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday plays, which I didn't realize that that song was written for Cooley High. And like, I, I, I started tearing up, man. It, it was, it, I, it, that, that got me. I was like, oh no, <laughs> you can't be doing this to me right now. Cause like, we all know the boys to men song. And of course the album's called like Cooley High Experience or something like, I forget the exact title, but. um. Oh, you mean for the soundtrack? Yeah, no, or, or, or no, for um uh the boys to men album like their debut album was called so it was like coolie high something um yeah it was like, uh coolie high something experience yeah yeah i know what you're talking about the first uh, yeah. uh, the first um boys to men album i know what you're talking about yes yeah yeah but yeah like just you know like that but, but like that moment that moment's so powerful in and of itself just you know like just just like black men being vulnerable and tender with each other is always really powerful but like hearing it with it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday the original version just and then he runs off to go to Hollywood. oh it was just like man like but what's, yo, what's yo, so yo. ill about what's so ill about that scene to me <laughs> is everyone's looking for preaching like everybody's looking for preach right he's not there right and, and so the first time you see him a woman is looking out at a car window. Right? His girlfriend is looking out at a car window. Right. And she see and she sees him coming across the cemetery. Right? Because because the, the services are over, but she knows uh, where is he? He gotta be here. There's no yeah. way Preach is not gonna be here. And you see him and they 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 exchange a uh, acknowledgement of eyes and then he gets to the grave and he and he you know that was a very powerful scene. Uh, yeah, no. was that Glenn Norman, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh Glenn Norman or Glenn Thurman, I think is yeah, he um yeah, he's incredible. Like like I knew who he was, but I but like you know, Cooley High was something that wasn't really available on like home media in good condition like that and i and um the criterion collection put out like a fully remastered version with the original with the original motown soundtrack like like, yeah like it was like a christmas present i got so i was like it's it's incredible it's 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 so worth adding to your collection if you find it like have you ever saw the television show what's happening yeah i have you know that you know that role was originally supposed to go to the guy who played raj and Mm -hmm. uh yeah but he turned it down and the rest is history. Yeah, because it was yeah because it was originally supposed to be a Cooley Hyde TV show, right? I'm pretty sure. Oh, was it that? That I didn't know, but I know that role in that movie was supposed to go to him, but he turned it down. And uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, th- yeah, yeah, that I didn't know, but I looked it up after, and apparently, uh, th- yeah, apparently, what's happening originally started as an ad as a TV adaptation of Cooley High, and then oh, so for, that makes and, sense. And then, so that, that yeah. Makes sense, so. <laughs> That makes sense. For, for some reason, they decided to just make it a completely original. I forget why, but um, it, it might have been like a rights issue, but they just made it a, its own original show. And that's how we got what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> yes, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> um, so for you, 
you know, like growing up, you're, you know, like a late teenager, young man, or, 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 or let, let me not assume that yet. When did you know rap would become more than just a hobby for you? Like, when was it like, oh, like I'm doing this? Like, um, you know, I, 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 I'm asking myself that question as you're asking me that question. And, you know, I have a, a very, he's like a brother to me. His father and my father hung out before we were born. And um, he was the earliest of us to do rap, right? So at maybe six, seven, eight years old, he was rapping, writing rhymes. And I wasn't, you know, I, I got to rap as far as wanting to do it late, almost as a bet, almost as a dare, <laughs> you know? Um, and I didn't write my first rhyme, I think, till I was like 13, 14. When I wrote my first rhyme, 13 or 14. And I remember doing my first talent show in my sophomore year of high school. And uh, fun fact, uh, my very first performance, I rapped over a beat produced by K-Def, uh, from K-Def and Larry O and Lords of the Underground and other people that he's produced for. He's from my city, Passaic. And... Um, I want to say maybe around 18, 18 and 19, I really was like, yo, like, I'm going to do this. Like, this is, this is what, this is my purpose. Like, this is what I'm here to do. And um, I say that to say that when I said that to myself, I wasn't really good, right? I had potential. You know, I had I had gotten some love from some people telling me, yo, keep at it, keep at it. One of my boys, Damon, right before he went to jail, um, we met up and, uh, you know, he had to turn himself in. And I had he tells me that he knew I was ready that day because I spit him a rhyme and he was like, yo, this is incredible. You know, yeah. um, but I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't ready. You know, I wasn't ready. And I remember doing like my first couple of demos and shit like that. And um you know, listen to myself back. And, but I just knew, I was like, yo, this is what I'm going to do. Like, there's nothing else that fills me. There's nothing else that feels right for me. Like, this is what I'm going to do. And so probably when I say like maybe 18 is when I really, really knew like, yo, like I'm fucking rapping, yo. Like, th like this is, this is it, you know? And, it, um, right. and, and to think that it started as a fucking bet, like a dare, like a, <laughs> like a dare. It was me, Kian. You don't know these people, but it was me, Kian, Richie, Rocky, you know, and um, I was like, yo, like y'all can rap? Like, yeah, we should, we should, we should rap for the talent show. Like, like, yo, we should work. Rest in peace, said, you know, um, like, yo, we should rap for the talent show. And we fucking started writing rhymes. And uh, yeah, we did the talent show. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, I feel like there's a lot of people. Well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like there's a lot of people who it starts off as like a, oh, like do this, do this for me right now, and you're like, eh, I don't really know if I can handle it, but, and you, you, you just like never know where your life's gonna head, especially, especially that young, and then just yeah, to be, yeah. just to be like, yeah, I'm here, like that, that's that's mm -hmm. that's so special, <laughs> um, and and you uh, um, please forgive me. I don't know. I don't know if you had released anything before this, but the earliest project of yours I was able to find was uh, Future Before Nostalgia from 2011. Um, was there anything 
was there anything before that or would you consider that you're like my first album like what's so so I signed my first deal in 2008 and we released a single in 2009 um which was produced by the legendary uh producer Kenny Dope um so we released that and yeah shout out to KD uh, we did that in 2009, and then we worked on the album Feeds Before Nostalgia, which came out in 2011. So that is my official debut. That was, uh, you know, uh, that was my introduction to the world on a much bigger scale than just selling CDs hand to hand. And, um, you know, they say that it takes a lifetime to create a first album. And definitely, that's the truth. And right. uh, that's what that album is. Right. And, you know, like I was really intrigued by the by the title, like future future before nostalgia, you know, because like we're yeah, I feel like especially as we get older, we're always so preoccupied with like the past and like would my past self be cool with what I'm doing right now? Like would young me be happy that it, which is always great. Like, you know, like I'm always kind of judging wherever I'm at based on what 16 year old Dylan would want, you know, and like, he's and, and like, they're pretty happy. So let's keep it that way. <laughs> but like, but like, where did the idea and it, just like, what, what to you, what did future before nostalgia mean? Cause like, that's such a, I'm, I'm just really intrigued by that concept. Like, where did that come from for you? And I hate to burst your bubble. <laughs> like I hate to like, that's cool that man real deep meaning or concept right you know behind the title but we had released a um uh we had we had re- we we did a song called building eight we, we did a few songs that night right so um this one particular night we did a few records one of them was building eight and we released it and we, we released the record and um it got a crazy response like it was you know this is this is the blog era you know, so right. this is, it went, it went, it went crazy on the blog sphere, and um, we were like, "Yo, we should do a mixtape, right? We should, we should just put something together and then release it, and then we'll release an album." And we knew that we wanted the album's title to be Nostalgia. So, if we were going to do an album called Nostalgia, um, then the mixtape should be the future before nostalgia right it should be what came before nostalgia so that's how that particular uh title came uh to be but you know in retrospect like looking back on the title like i think it was very fitting uh for you know what would be proceeding uh what was to come and just the uh you know the the way that many people say that my music is a it gives them a feeling of something uh that they grew up with but you know more updated or you know progressive so you know in hindsight maybe maybe it was prophetic yeah i mean i mean that's already like that's that's already something there it's not exactly what i had in mind but like you know (laughs) it's 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 definitely connected and there's something going on for sure you know like i like uh you know like i always i'm also always really intrigued by like debut projects that are connected to like really old shit that no one except like you and your closest people have ever heard because like that because like that's like you know like you know like that's like that's like something you and your people have and now you're kind of introducing that to the world and that's a 
that can be a really scary thing to do. Like really just putting yourself out there like that and being like, not only am I going to do this, but I'm going to do it in a way that's so connected to me and where I come from and the people I love and people I fuck with, like the long way, you know, like that's like, that's, that's pretty deep, (laughs) you know, like not to, not to, not to get too deep about it, but like, that's, 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 that's pretty deep. But it, but it is actually because, you know, um, you know, they, they say that, you know, and I said this a little bit earlier, they say it takes a lifetime to create a debut album. Mm-hmm. And I think on that particular album, it wasn't necessarily a lifetime of living. There's bits and pieces of it, but there was a lifetime of wanting to be an MC. All right. So you get me rapping on that album, you know, uh, from a rapper's perspective, you know, from an MC's perspective, and I'm touching on some things. And then to go full circle with an album like uh, A Portrait Of, which is a life of living on that particular album. I just think that is so crazy. Just the two bookmarks, you know, like if my career were to end today, just from beginning to end and, and, and all the things that were, were caught up in between, I think it's been uh, pretty remarkable to see a growth of a person. Um, ideology, just, just um, pace, you know, just cadence, just is really, you know, I, I don't listen to my music after it comes out. Yeah. Um, but my buddy Hill that I was telling you about, it was the earliest of us rapping. He told me that he listened to Future for Nostalgia. Maybe if I spoke to him yesterday, he said he probably listened to it like three or four days ago. And I'm like, you listen to that? And he was like, yeah, I fucking listen to that. <laughs> yeah, I listen to that album too. <laughs> and, um, it's crazy man like this whole shit has been crazy yo man but 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 before i ask you the other question i wanted to ask about the album it's so important and so good for me to hear that your friends support your music you know like you know like as creatives and people who work in this industry like it's always so gratifying when like you know like as special as the people we meet in this business are to us you know like people i've met here i consider to be like my best friends and i've known they're like i feel like i've known them my whole life but like, it's always so different to hear that from, you know, like your people, you know, like your niggas that you grew up with, like, you know, like that, that, that matters. And it feels it's, it's, it's going to feel so different to anything, you know, like, you know, go like ahead. I have people who, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, go, go ahead. I, I'll tell you, I didn't want to interrupt your thought. All, 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 all I was all I was gonna say is like I have people that I grew up with who like support my writing and my whatever I do you know it's, it's just like I'm just happy people care that's all I was gonna say like I just appreciate people caring but yeah it, it, it's the wildest shit right so so um so we make this music we share it with the world we get on stage we perform it you know, people follow us on social media, people comment, people, and all of that shit is cool, right? That shit is, is, is dope, right? It, it, it's dope, you know, walking into venues and being recognized and people like, oh, you know, like all of the shit that comes along with it is fire, right? Mm-hmm. But it, I remember going, I remember when I was working on the album with, uh, with Buck Wild. Right. So, ah, so, yeah. so I have an album with Buck Wild and I'm, I'm in, I'm in Boston and uh, I'm in Boston because that's where I go to mix and master my music. Um, and it's Buck Wild is there. Uh, my son, my youngest son is with me. 
and my man Hill is with me. Right, and we're up there for like three, four days. We get an Airbnb, and um, you know, we mix and master this music and shit. And I come back, and my 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 boy Coop, who I've known since I'm 12 years old, is in Philly. And um, you know, I'm down at the house. We just cooking out and shit, and we're talking about um the new album. And I'm like, you know, as dope as it is to to be working on an album with Buck Wild, what's even iller is that. I'm sitting in my friend's house who I've known since I'm fucking 12 and telling him about the album. Man. And one of the people that was in Boston with me is a guy I knew who, 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 who our parents knew each other before, we were, before they were fucking. Our dads knew each other before <laughs> they were fucking. And here we wow. are up in Boston mixing and matching an album together. And I get to come back to my boy's house, sit down in Philly and tell him about it. Not somebody new. Not somebody I just met, not a manager, not a handler, not a publicist, but I'm sitting in my, my, my fucking, since I'm 12 years old, I'm the godfather to his daughter. I'm sitting in his right. living room with my shoes off, telling him about this album and what <laughs> me and my other friend did up in fucking Boston. Like, that's fire to me. That trumps yeah. the DMs, yo, let's work, your music is fire. Like, that shit is cool. But having my man Hill... Or being on a fucking four-way call uh, maybe two months ago when the album dropped, Portrait Of, and niggas that I haven't seen in years, haven't seen in a while, but we grew up together like, yo, fucking Tanisha, yo, who you talking about on Tanisha? I know, I knew you felt like, you know, just like, that shit is crazy. That shit is wild. Yeah, man. man. Yeah, it's it's like... There's nothing, there's nothing else like it, bro. There really isn't, you know, like I just, yeah. I mean, like it's, it's, it's not, it's not on the same scale. And I don't want to dwell on me too much, but you know, just like for the first time last year, I had somebody walk up to me at a show. It wasn't my show, mind you. I was just at someone's show. It might've been, it might've been a homie. I can't remember who it was, but they walked up to me and they said, are you Dylan Green? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, I love your podcast. And I was like, what you, you, you know what this is like, and like a, that a, that'll never, that a, that'll never not be crazy to me. B it's even it like, like as wonderful and as beautiful and as grateful as I am for that, it felt even better to talk to uh, people I went to high school with and just have somebody be like, Oh, like I seen you doing your podcast. I heard this episode, that episode. And I'm like, you're listening, you, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm like trying to keep it cool, but I'm just thinking like, you're listening to my shit. What do you mean? It's just like, it, it just, uh, it just feels good to kind of imprint people that mean a lot to you and to be able to share that with them. Like you were saying, like being able to share in the wins with people that like know you like from, 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 from then it's priceless. It's, it, it's, it, it goes over everything. Like, it goes back to Godfather. Like if we're not yeah. doing it for family, because blood makes you related, experiences make you family. If we're not mm -hmm. doing it for the family, if we all can't benefit, like I have five friends in this world, right? And you know, there's a lot of people that like, like that I've come in contact with. I know a lot of people, but there are five friends that are very dear to me. And having these people in my life and fucking with me the way that they do, it means a lot. So to see them excited about something I'm doing and the only one that's really, really involved is Hill you know, on a day to day, um, CEO Shug, I made a record about him. And it's just like, um, you know, it's just like, um, 
like it, it is it is it is amazing bro like it's it's fucking amazing um and i i did a record um on the portrait of album called uh becoming and he was there like he he knows the life journey that i've been on and so i remember driving from the studio bringing it to him to uh go listen to the record and I, I had to listen to the record probably about 10 15 times before i got to him and when i got to him you know he came out of the house and he's walking to the to the car and like i just fucking I, and this has never happened before it hasn't happened since like i just start fucking crying because the music you know um it just was hitting me in a way that it hadn't hit me before and he comes and he gets in the car and he, he didn't say a word, you know, he didn't, you know, he didn't be like, yo, what the fuck you crying for? Nothing like that. He just, he just, uh, he just fucking put his hand on my shoulder and he's like, yo, this shit is real. Right. And I'm like, yeah. And so there's no one else, I think, outside of someone that has been there with you through it, that could really have been there for me in that moment. So, like I said, it couldn't have been any A&R, there couldn't have been any handler, any manager that would have you know, understood the gravity of that moment because they hadn't been through the whole process. So for someone to have been there through the whole process, in fact, um, when I lived uptown and we, and uh, he came to my house and we walked downtown to the projects, he was the first person to tell anybody in the projects that I rapped. So from going <laughs> from that all the way to becoming on a portrait of and him being there, like hearing a raw song, no hook, nothing. And just like, yo, like this shit is real. Right. And I'm crying like real tears. I'm like, yo, this shit is crazy, you know? And wow, it's amazing, bro. <laughs> I mean, after that, like talk, talk, talk to me, talk to me about making a portrait of, because, you know, you met, you, you, you know, you mentioned a story is like deep and powerful as that. And, you know, like you do, I feel like you put so much of yourself into all your music, but like this album in particular is so, there's so many details just about your upbringing, crushes you had, stuff that you've overcome. Like, talk to me about this project, why making it with Vic was so important and like what he brought out of you and just like, why, why, why was now the time for a portrait of? Cause you know, like, of course, like the cover is like your face and the, you know, like the traditional black and white, like it's, it's like, this is like a, it's a statement. The whole thing's a statement. So like, why was now time for the statement? I was, um, well, first, thank you for catching that, for seeing that and, 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 and understanding that's exactly what it was. It was a, you know, it was a coming into myself, you know, I, I've gone through a divorce um i've um had to start all over and by starting all over i got back to me and what i loved about the music the art the culture of hip-hop and the, just of music is that you had to put yourself into the music right so when i listen to the music that you know like the, the vulnerability of a song like silly by denise williams or, um, you know, Return of the Mac, the bravado of that record. Um, mm -hmm. it, it just, it, it, or the coolness of a record like, um, you know, Cool It Now by New Edition. Just, just all these different things, like, just played such a huge role. And I had to go through every step of the phase. I had to become now a producer, right? Because I'm working with Kenny, I'm learning from Kenny. 
early on in my career and how much control he had over the process. And then, you know, I move on from Kenny and um, I go do a record with, um, you know, 38 special. I'm seeing how special kind of just lets you have your own leeway and just do what you want. Um, special is different. Art- he's, he's different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like on the artist side. And then, um, you know, coming into the project, you know, um, 15 Minutes in Queens with uh, Recognize Real, where that was like my first real test or my real dip in the toe of being as vulnerable as I was on something like a portrait of. Um, and then going through the process of a record like Sinners and Saints with Buck and that being a concept album, you know, and then getting to a portrait of where now I'm like fully in my shit. I, I don't you know, I'm, I'm I'm out of my marriage a couple of years. I'm fucking, you know, like I'm 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 back on my shit. You know what I mean? And um, <laughs> you know, the music is life, and it's and and life is music, and it's and it's 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 all it's it's all consuming for me. And I'm in love with it again. And and not only am I in love with it again, but I'm 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 adoring it again. And 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 I'm lusting it again. And and I, like all these feelings of 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 um you know, uh, these amorous feelings that I'm having for the music. It's all, the, it's all the time. It's everywhere. It's all the time. And so we get the portrait of, and, um, you know, Vic and I had talked about working for a while. We met up a few times, we did a couple of songs, um, but they weren't songs. They, they you know, they, they were songs, but they weren't records, you know? And so it was like, oh, you know, this is cool. Like, you know, the workspace is cool. Like, you know, it's whatever. And then, we got together, I believe it was a Saturday, and we recorded um, Spitting Images, which is the first record on the album. Mm-hmm. And I got out, and when it was done, I was like, that's a record. That's a record. We could build <laughs> off of that. We could build off of that. And it just, I believe the next record that we recorded was Two Masters, which is the second song on the album, second record on the album. And it was just like, okay, we got something. You know, I can wow. pretty much tell right away when we have something, like if it's worth exploring further. And um, we just kept working. And, um, you know, I didn't know what it would become. But, you know, one thing that I learned from Kenny working early on is I don't listen. I, when I listen to and I'm giving away a trade secret. When I'm doing an album, I don't I listen not only to what we have, but what's missing. So if we have a song that is of the same tempo or of the same vibe or the same message. What's missing? How do we tell right. the story? Like, what do we, we got to fill in the gaps. And so that's why you get the ebbs and flows and you get the different, you know, um, storylines, but all thematic to, to a portrait of. And it had to, and, and the second part, it had to be Vic um, because Vic is someone who works at the same rate that I do. And yep. his, 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 where he comes from to be an Italian, I mean, his story, his fucking, just his, where he comes from, you know, like, you know, his family history. Um, and then to be this Italian guy with his appreciation for the culture, like it, it only made sense. Like it only made sense. Right. How did y'all, how, how did y'all first meet? Um, cause, cause, cause I also, I also want to, I, I, or actually before you tell me about how y'all first met, I'm, um, I'm really intrigued to hear that these first two songs were wound up being the first two songs on the album. Cause it's so often that you'll hear artists talk about how like, Oh, like this first song that I recorded for the album wound up being like number seven or like number eight on the project. And like, it's crazy to hear that the first two songs y'all recorded 
were the first two songs on the album. Like, not that that needs to happen for it to. I I, I just I just I just appreciate like the serendipity of that, you know. <laughs> just 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 a, just a thought. I mean, spitting. I mean, just the the story of my 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 parents in the first verse. Yeah, like you gotta say, you know. Um, right. Let me show you where the story starts before I made my mark on every corner park bench that played a part. You know what I mean? So it was like, yeah, let me show you the beginning. And then for the last record to be becoming, like that would be the two bookends. Like this is where it started and the becoming right. is the ending. So to me, it just made sense. Um, you know, but there just happened to be the first two records that we recorded. Um, you know, I, if, if, I, if I'm being honest with you, I think we recorded every song in order. I think, That's no, cool. I, you know, like I, I, um, I think maybe, um, maybe the only, um, no, no, because we recorded Manor from, no, no. So I, for the most part, the order in which we recorded is pretty much the same. I think Becoming mm -hmm. and um, Tax Free, I think Becoming might have been recorded before Tax Free. Um, but yeah, it was, um, yeah, it just, you know, it, it has to have a flow. The album has to have a feel to it um you know and and that's just how that that happened like that right so yeah talk so yeah like real real quick talk to me about how you met Vic and um you know how uh you know like how he became the person who you wanted to help tell this story about you you know because like you two like you know, like the, you know, like the beats are so, the beats are so lush and just so easy to get lost in. And they just, they, they just set the stories up perfectly. It's just like a really nice, uh, it's just a nice combo of uh, words to sounds. So like, why, why Vic? Like, 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 how did y'all come together? I met Vic at a party. The first time we ever met person to person was at a party. Um, and he was like, yo, what up? And he was with his then girlfriend, now wife, Carly Keys, who I had met years ago. And, um, you know, she introduced us, whatever, boom, boom, boom. And I had saw the name Little Vic and I love this logo. I love this fucking <laughs> logo, but I never, I had never like tapped in. And so when I'm working on a project with, um, with, with Buck, you know, he's like, he's, he mentioned Vic. I'm like, you know, Vic, he's like, yeah, like he's fucking dope. He's a dope rapper, he's a dope producer, whatever. And so he played me some of Vic's stuff as a rapper. And I'm and so I'm like, oh shit. Like, and so we FaceTimed him or we called him, like, yo, your shit is dope. And he's like, yo, we should work. I'm like, no doubt. And so we had um, you know, we talked some more. And then um he did a record for Freeway. Um, and I was like, yo, this shit is fire. I was like, yo, that 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 record is fire. And so you know, my my business mind was like, yo, Vic is about to fucking blow. Let me let me tap in with Vic before <laughs> he becomes out of reach. Um, and so I tapped in with him and I, I went down, we recorded a record, we recorded a song that, that never came out. And it was like, okay, the vibe was cool. You know, the vibe was cool. The food was better, you know? Uh, you know, the vibe was yeah. cool, but we, we ate that night. The food was fantastic. <laughs> And um, mm -hmm. what'd you eat? This way, we had Italian, of course. Uh, uh, yeah, come on, <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> and this one, he was down in Philly, and then he moved, and so we linked up again, and we did another joint, and that record was cool. Um, but I was like in the middle of like uh, I forget what project I was in the middle of, and it was like okay, we're gonna get back up, 
And then we got back together for uh, spitting images. That was the one where I was like, okay, like this is, and then, and then in the process I'm there and I'm seeing who's calling, you know, like, okay, Vic is tapped in, you know, there's, there's other artists that I fuck with, you know, um, that we're trying to tap in with Vic. And when we locked in, we locked in. And, you know, I saw him um, uh, maybe a week ago. And I was like, is Vic my favorite producer? Like, like I had, like, I, like, I, like, you know, like I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm like, yo, is Vic my favorite fucking producer? Like I had to ask myself this. And I was like, yo, Vic, like, are you my favorite producer? And he's like, yo, like, I, you know, if I am, thank you. He said, but like, I appreciate, you know, like working with you. You're like one of my favorite people to work with because just the, it, 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 it's an understanding of what the other is trying to accomplish that mm-hmm. fucking makes it phenomenal, bro. It's magic. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's just like people who just get you without you even needing to say anything. You just like see things the same or at least similar enough that, y'all can just fill in the fill in the gaps like and considering that um what like if you had to pick one song because i mean like all these songs are so personal and they're and they like really color in your life but like if you had to pick one that somebody would if you had to pick one that would be like the this is what a portrait of is like what, what what would be your favorite song to like show somebody who had never heard the album before. Praise. Sorry maybe? to do this to you. Sorry, what? Yeah. Praise, maybe. Because it's that's my about... favorite. That's so crazy. Oh, wow. oh okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, so probably praise because it talks about you know the 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 journey for to to be for fame, and then you know what the cost of that is. Like, you know, it's just, is that, that particular record, you know? Um, but, you know, given the day, sometimes I think it's Tanisha, you know, cause I mm-hmm. just think like, you know, the, 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 the personality behind that song, the energy behind that song, as well as um, the storytelling on it is very vivid. A lot of people are drawn to that record. Um, yeah, pro- probably Praise or Becoming, cause Becoming is, you know, is, the fucking actual story of Rashid Chappelle. But right. um yeah, those I, I would say praise are becoming. That's how I was right. Yeah, I could see that. Those th- those those are uh yeah, yeah, I could I could I could even I could even see Tanisha. Like you know, like the, 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 you know like those three songs are just like yeah. so so indicative of like your style and your style and, and just like your writing and just like you know like one of the things I've always loved about your music is that like you have, you know, you're like, you, you know, like your voice is like so soothing, but the shit you talk about isn't <laughs> a lot of the time. Like I love, I, 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 I love, I love, I love that dichotomy, you know, like it, it's, it's, it, it's just like the spoonful of sugar mentality, you know, like I, it's, it's just something I've always noticed. Like, I just think that's Thank interesting. You. I don't even have like a question or a follow-up. I just think that's <laughs> really cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think that's tight. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I, yeah, thank you. Because you know, I, I guess the voice I could be making, you know, more syrupy songs. I guess, but you know, just that's not the life I led. So, right. 
yeah I'm, I'm 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 just i'm just always interested when you know, you, you know like whether it's like some like just like always like how like the voice leads into the stuff that you're talking about and just like how and how like the delivery just makes it work that's always really intriguing to me and um yeah nah thank you um but my last question before we formally wrap this up is like you know just like as someone who you know um for all intents and purposes you're 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 basically independent at this point in your career is that right yes yes i'm independent so you know like you've kind of you know like you've signed label deals you've been through you've been through the process and you're at this point now where you put out this super duper personal project and you have an audience that is like really tapped in with you in a way that I'm sure a lot of other people's aren't, you know, like they're like, because like, you know, like the, one of the, uh, one of the huge benefits of being an independent artist is that people are like invested in you in a way that they aren't in somebody who might be like up there you know like you're 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 like if not at their level close enough and familiar enough to be like hey i know this person or like hey i'm like we're connected and i guess just as an independent artist like how has it been kind of um i'm trying to figure out how to ask this question how has it been kind of working at that level and keeping yourself connected with people to the point where they're ready to show up and support a project the way that they supported this one. Because even before we talked, I've seen like, you know, like there's like serious people who are like the new Rashid Chappelle's out. Like we need to go tap, you, you know? So just like, just like what's it been like kind of cultivating that base for yourself and putting out this project and kind of being in a space where people are really absorbing you in that way. I'm sorry if I asked that in a weird fucking way. It was, it, I, I, no, just, I, I was just off the I'm, dome. I'm, I'm digest, no, I'm, I'm digesting it. Like, that's a very good question. Um, you know, I, I have to give a lot of credit to a few different people, right? So um, DJ Eclipse, uh, my manager, always said that perception sometimes is bigger than reality, right? So you always have to be aware of what people's perceptions of you are. Um, and, you know, you have to... You, you have to show them through every step of the way who it is that you are and what it is that you're about. Because sometimes they'll never have a, however long this conversation is that you and I had, right? They only have the four minutes or the 45 minutes of the album and a two minute brief encounter somewhere, you know? So they'll never have right. the, the length and the breadth that you and I just shared right now. And I have to definitely give um, kudos to my business partner, Adam, um, a perfect time music group um, for really telling, like just really being adamant about us telling the story and getting the right publicists um, that can really help um, shape the narrative of who and what Rashid Chappelle is about as an artist, right? And for me, it's about Rashid Chappelle, the man first. And he was receptive to the idea of telling that part of the story also. And so um, I've always, I've, my grandfather um, used to always tell me like, if, if, if somebody meets you at six o'clock in the morning and they bump into you again at 6 p.m., be the same person, All right? Be who you are. I don't give a fuck if you're going to be a garbage man, be the best garbage man, whatever it is, be, be that, right? So 
you know, Adam would tell me that, you know, doing these exercises, so I'm going to pull people behind the velvet rope, um, pull the curtain back a little bit. Like the way this music is disseminated amongst folks, like we still reach out to folks, right? And, and we reach out to people via emails, through personal connections. And, and based upon their response, you could tell that they're warm on an artist. If they, nah, that's not really my thing. But he said as many times that there's a level of respect that comes along with my name that made him very willing to want to work. And I credit that to just me being a solid person. And the, the reason I say I'm a solid person as far as in the field of entertainment, because for me, first and foremost, it's the music. The same way you haven't lost that four-year-old kid peeking over the seat in front of you to watch Lion King, I've never lost the love for the music. That is the most important thing to me. That like you talked about the voice and it could be used to make different, but it's the fucking music. It, if it doesn't, if it's not coming from me, I can't do it. It doesn't feel right. I feel like I was given a gift and to pervert it in that way would be a spit in the face of where it came from. So it's always been about the music. And if I stay true to the music, the thing that I love, then other people love the music also. If people love music also, they're going to fucking hear my music and say, okay, he loves what he's doing and it's going to resonate with them. And so to have a fucking Italian kid from Staten, from Long Island, Vic, fuck with my music the way that he does because he loves the music the way I love the music, right? To have uh, people in my DM telling me that records that I've done um, have helped them through hard times because they love the music like I love the music. They know I'm not just doing it for some bravado and some braggadocio and, and a gold chain or whatever the case may be, right? To have you right. say, yo, that fucking record's still standing, you know, like, yeah, like, what is that record about? It's not a bragging record, right? You know what I mean? So, so <laughs> It's a maintaining you know, record, yeah, definitely. Facts, you know, you know? And, <laughs> and what I came through to get to where I am. So, like, you know, it, it, is, it is just like, you know, I, I'm so committed to being me that it's like, yo, like if you, I would much rather, and we've heard this a million times, I would much rather be hated for who I am than loved for who I pretend to be, yeah. right? So there's no pretend. My name is Rashid Chappelle. Google me. I come up. Not Rashid Chappelle, born, real name, such and such. No, right? This is my right. name. Right. So there's no there's no delineation. There's line, no line of distinction between, you know, which is a good and bad thing sometimes. Right. Because like right. so much of me, it's so much of me in the music. Um, but like, yo, like I'm, I'm giving it to you. You know, there's a lot of people um, who, you know, no names to be said, but they, they run around and they tell you, oh, this is art. Art tells you it's art. Mm. The artist Damn. doesn't tell you it's art. <laughs> You know, so so art tells you it's art. When you see it, right? When you see a fucking the, the sun can't talk, right? But when you see a sunset or a sunrise, you know you're looking at fucking art. Yep. Mountains don't have a voice, but when you see it, you know that it you, you you're seeing art. You're seeing something fucking desi divinely designed, right? And so that's how I feel about the music, right? I don't have to tell you it's art. Right. My favorite artists never told you they were the best. They just made the fucking music to prove it. And that's mm. where I am, you know. Come and so, on. you know, that that's that's how I stand on it. And, you know, this 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 current climate that we're in, I know everybody's trying to, 
you know, get eyes and get listens and get likes and get streams. But if you lose sight of the fucking art, if you lose sight of the the love, if you lose sight of the craft, like what is it for then? And for me, it's like, yo, like um, $6 million a year would be great, but I could live hey. off 600,000. You know, I could live off of 600 right. grand and knowing that I'm doing <laughs> it for the fucking love. So that's me. Right, yes. Yeah. It's more potent that way. And yeah, I'm happy you brought up I'm happy you brought up your name. Cause yeah, you know, like your name is literally Rashid Chappelle. And you're <laughs> like and, and and you know, like you don't like you said it already, so I'm not gonna say it again because like I was just thinking that the whole time and then you said it and I was like, damn, there it is, you know, just like art is art, man. Art 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 won't tell you it's art, it'll just be and you'll recognize mm, that that's man, they they that that's just yeah, that was that was beautiful. I I, I got Thank nothing you. to add to that. <laughs> I got nothing to add to that. Um, yeah. and the last question I have for you before we before we before we wrap is um, Rashid Chappelle. If your life was a movie, what would it be about? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Uh, it would just be about man, like just uh. You know what I've been saying lately? That I'm in a season of love, man. I'm in a season of love and not a romantic love, not a just just love, man. Like, what is it? All encompassing. Like, that's that. I think that would be like my my movie would be about, you know, self-discovery, self-love, um, self-forgiveness, self-healing, uh, self-triumph, like it, it would be you know, self-approval, self-applause. Like it, it would just it would just be about that man and creativity like just I, I don't know that that's a very good fucking question because <laughs> the first thing that popped in my head was porn that was the first thing I was like oh shit being a hundred chicks but uh, <laughs> no no it would be about that it would be about that well yeah no nah, you 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 yeah no you can't you can't go wrong with the self love like that that's that's, that's oh, I thought you were say you can't need... go wrong with the porn. Okay, I mean, I mean, I, I mean that either. That I mean that either. I, I wasn't gonna say it, but that either. I mean, you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm not no. Get it how you live, bro. I'm 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 not I'm not judging. I'm not judging. Love love is love is love in all forms. Love is love. Love is love. Thanks for listening. Shout out to y'all for making it this far, and shout out to all the black people listening too, because y'all really impeccable. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and tell a friend to come through next time. One.